This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our phone-in series, our show in which we get you guys, the listeners, on to have a chat, a discussion, a debate sometimes about a different topic surrounding the club. We're going to be doing a number of these across the course of the summer transfer window and uh, I'm very excited to be uh, doing these once again with you all. Uh, it's good to get some new faces on, some familiar faces on as well, of course, too. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this one. Um, do make sure to drop a like on the video. Of course, subscribe to the channel as well if you're new. I'm going to drop a link to the uh, phone in into the chat box if you'd like to join. And uh, we'll try as best we can to get as many people as possible onto the show over the course of the next, well, hour and a half or so. But uh, we'll jump into the chat. And also kind of need to lay out the the law of this, basically. Of course, first of all, if you do want to join us, you need to be over the age of 18. You need to have a webcam, a quiet place to record, all that lovely stuff, because it just means that uh, everything runs a lot more smoothly. Uh, and uh, today's phone-in is all kind of around, based off of this morning's show. This morning, we did a show looking at of course, as we always do, the 8am shows, updating you on all the Arsenal latest. And we talked about Caicedo, we talked about Chelsea stepping up their interest in the player. And I think that that has sparked something of um, kind of the, the the focus to be drawn towards Edu, towards the focus on how quickly Arsenal are able to get their business done. And whether or not people have confidence uh, in the Brazilian to get Arsenal's business done this summer. But we're going to hopefully be joined by plenty of you over the course of the show. Uh, but let's bring our first caller in. And it's Zach. How are you doing, Zach? You good? You well? Can you see me, hear me? Oh, you can't hear me. <laughs> Zach, what I'll let you do, I'll let you sort all this out and then I'll bring you back in. Okay, mate? Sounds good. Uh, we'll get Zach back in shortly after he's sorted out uh, some of his. If you leave me a message in the private chat, Zach, then I'll sort it out. Um, let's go into the chat box. Uh, Paul says, fans are getting rude about the speed that we are moving at. The transfer window isn't open and players may have multiple offers. So choose which is best for them. Don't get angry because we don't get 
the number ones as well. Of course, uh, one player can only go to one club. Uh, we also, of course, have plenty of comments coming in from others that aren't as happy. Ron says, Edu out. Not particularly happy, it seems. Uh, the Nightman's still saying Wenger out. I, I think he must think this is a show from 2016, potentially. <laughs> uh, Zach, give me a thumbs up down below if you've got it working or not yet. Yes, yes, we do. Zach, can you hear me? Yeah. See me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. There was there was a really awkward moment. I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is going to go horribly wrong. I was but... had AirPods in, wasn't working. I don't know what's going on, so I'll just go. Oh, how are you? Good? Perfect. Where are you joining us from? Disappointed, but good. <laughs> disappointed. So, are you disappointed? Um, I just uh, think the season didn't go how uh, it should have gone, obviously. I think, uh, you know, like you said in the show this morning, uh, it's, uh, it's okay, you know, like... Uh, it's okay to be disappointed and uh and uh i guess i haven't really necessarily recovered from the season yet but uh what can you do yeah no fair enough i think i certainly went to the end of the season my feeling in the immediate aftermath was one of disappointment that said my second emotion was one of excitement because i didn't expect us to be in a title race i didn't expect us to go that far and I'm now looking ahead to next season and thinking, well, if that's what we were able to do where no one gave us any credit ahead of the campaign to be able to do that, and now we're sitting in a position where we've got the potential to add some really fantastic players, which we're going to talk about shortly, then there's something really special that could happen again next season. So, obviously, you left a couple of comments in uh, this morning's video, got into a few discussions with people in the comments section as well. and You don't seem particularly convinced by Edu right now. Would that be a fair assumption? I think it's the club as a whole that I don't really uh, uh, feel that way about. Um, you know, I think it's just uh, been many, many, many years of uh, disappointment. And I think Arteta coming in, he's done such an amazing job to reconnect the fans with the club. And I'm not saying that the club aren't going to do the work this window. And I'm not saying that they aren't going to be ruthless and uh, go hard. Um, but I think... I think this is the point where if they don't um, go hard, it could start to fracture the fan base again. I think we, you know, we haven't won anything in three years and uh, I can see the progress for sure. There's definitely progress, but I think people get confused between progress and success and um, success. The only metric really that you measure success in, in, in football is, uh, is trophies. And obviously I'm very disappointed that we haven't won anything in, uh, in three years and, I think that it could really start to fracture the fan base if they don't show how, if they aren't really, really serious in this window and go hard and be ruthless and and get their priority targets in. And if we don't start to win trophies, I'm just worried that it could the club could start to fall apart again like it did in the 15 years that uh, before Arteta came into the club. No, I, I get your, uh, your apprehension as well. And I think that, you know, if we have a disappointing season off the back of something that showed so much promise, yes, of course. I think there is absolutely scope to see meltdowns, as we've seen famously in the past. I, what I think I struggle with a bit is the the whole idea that Arsenal are too slow, you know, in the market. I think some of your comments left this morning were like, you know, why haven't we moved for Kaiseidi or why have Liverpool been able to sign McAllister? Why have Chelsea been able to get some deals done as well, yet we're moving too slowly? What mm -hmm. Explain the whole thing about Arsenal moving too slowly. I mean, I think um, the past speaks for itself, you know. I think we do dilly-dally a little bit and uh, I think we do take our time and... Uh, yeah, just we seem to land up not 
securing the signature of our priority targets and uh, it gets uh, quite frustrating. So yeah, that's what I, I mean, that's what I mean by slow. If I said to you, obviously, Gabriel Jesus was a primary target. Fabio Vieira was a primary target. Jakub Kivior was, was a primary target. Ben White, Martin Odegaard, Darren Ramsdale, Lukonga, Thomas Partey, Gabriel. They were all primary targets and they were all secured under Edu's tenure. Yes, yeah. there's players like Caicedo that we went for that we could still go and get. Yes, there's people talk a lot about Dusan Vlaovic, even though Jesus was in discussions before that January window even started. Mudrik, obviously, was the, the key one of the last January window. Yes, I understand kind of that there's players that we miss out on, but I think maybe there's an exaggeration on the players that we miss out on. Actually, Arsenal do get a lot of the players that they try to go out to sign. So, sure, no, I mean, of course, they get a lot of their, a lot of their targets in, but I'm talking about those targets that are where there's a big competition for them where Arteta doesn't have a previous relationship or he didn't work with him at City before, all those, those, um, you know, those, those, the big money targets where it's difficult to negotiate and uh, where it may not be as easy to, to get as the, all the other players that we, we, uh, we got in the, you know, those players that you're talking about. I think, you know, when, when uh, you want to compete with the big boys, when you, you know, they smashed down Harbury however long ago and said, we're going to compete with the people that are at the club now did that you know that right yeah yeah yeah. but you know i'm saying they still promised that we were going to compete with europe's elite and i get that it it takes time you know but we just don't it seems like he can't get his you can't sit at the big boy table and put the big boy money down and and secure these big boy targets and uh and if you want to sit at the big boy table you, you 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 have to do that you you know, and um, that's where I feel like I doubt the club a little bit and gets frustrating. I think, obviously, you mentioned the players that Arteta's previously worked as Inchenko, Gabriel Jesus, for instance. But, you know, Gabriel wasn't, Thomas Partey wasn't, Ben White wasn't, Aaron Ramsdale wasn't. There is, I, I just think that maybe you're not giving enough credit to the deals that were done that mm-hmm. emphasise kind of the good work that is done in those transfer windows. And all of the work that we've done in the previous transfer, I mean, we spent more money, say, last season than any other season in recorded history of the club. Mm-hmm. And every transfer window that we've had, especially, uh, specifically the summer transfer windows, have led us towards this progression that we're seeing going upwards. Now, hypothetically, if things don't go well next season, we can have a separate discussion then and reflect upon why that happened. Sure. But I just I can't quite get on board with the the apprehension around this window and the frustration around this window. A when it's not yet started, and B because we've shown to be able to do really good business that's led us to a title challenge last season. Do you know what I mean? No, look, I'm not saying that. I'm not frustrated about this window yet at all. Um, mm. Still, you know, uh, there's really nothing. I mean, nothing's happened. It hasn't even opened yet, like you say. Mm. And I think. Um, it's just in the past, you know, um, it's, it's been that way. So there's not, I don't feel like there's really any proof that the club are going to go big. And yeah, like you say, they've spent their, their, their biggest window two years ago of the, uh, of the club's history. And, but at the end of the day, after that window, I mean, we've spent maybe 160 million around there in the past three windows, which is, you know, I mean, 165 million and it's 55 million pounds per window. And, 
and uh, I just don't feel like that's enough. And well, I mean, I'll, I'll read back to you the, the what seasons we've had. You know, last season we spent uh, 22, 23, £170 around £170 million. The previous summer we spent uh, £80 million. The season before no, I'm that talking about like £50 million. Last January and last and the summer, and you know, we spent £50 million in January and £115 mm. million in the summer, yeah. and nothing in January before that. So £165 million in three windows. It just doesn't seem like it's a club desperate, desperate to win, you know? And yeah, like I said in the beginning, I just feel like the fan base will start to fracture if we don't start to win. I feel like we have a young squad and I just feel like we have to start, we have to win things along the way, even if it's a Carabao Cup, FA Cup, you know, on the way so that you breed a winning mentality in a squad. Like at what point is this fan base or what, what, at what point does the process go bang? At what point can we demand trophies? At what point will the fan base turn around and say, hold on, you know, wait, we haven't won anything in years. You know, I just feel like us qualifying for the Champions League, never really competing for the Premier League, winning an FA Cup here and there in the past 19 years has not been satisfactory for the club. And that's what broke the club in the beginning. And Arteta has done so much good work to, to connect us again. And um, yeah, I'm just worried that the club will fall apart again. I'm really, really worried. And, you know, I love this club. I've supported this club my whole life. And obviously I want to see us, us, us succeed. And maybe my approach is a bit more aggressive and a bit more um, negative in a way, but it's, uh, you know, I, uh, I just, you know, I want to win stuff. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I, I want to win stuff too. Like I, and I agree with you that the club in the period from, say, 2006 through to um, up until, well, probably recent, you'd say, based upon the size of Arsenal, you think a club the size of Arsenal should have won more. I think that that obviously does ignore the context of the other teams as well. The spending of Man City, Chelsea, you know, what Manchester United have done. Like we don't have any money to spend though, you know? They have had money to spend and they've spent it pretty poorly. If you look at it from, say, prior to 2020, I'd say, you know, Arteta's come in, Edu's come in, you know, in that period after 2019, well, when Edu, well, in 2020, when Edu took full control of kind of the transfer rig with Ed, uh, Raul Sanyehi moving off in that summer of the uh, of the pandemic. But since that point, the, the business has been good. That's what's led us to pro, pro, you know, progress and get to a point where we challenge for a title. Like you said about the fact that we spent around 50 million in the last three windows, that's not enough. But I, I think that takes kind of a specific time frame. But if you look at the last season, we spent more in the summer and January combined than any other season in Arsenal's history. Surely that shows ambition to spend, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, they're not not spending money. Um, can't say that, but yeah, I just think uh, we need more. You know, I think 115 million spent in in the summer just wasn't enough. I think we needed a little bit more, and I think um, you know we we did meet our target of the season. You know, to make Champions League football, but surely in the past three years, leading up to all of this, the club would have expected to maybe win a Carabao Cup, yeah, maybe win a FA Cup. You, there, you know why I don't think they should expect it is because of Manchester City. I don't think you can expect a trophy because if tell me who the favourites for the Carabao Cup are next season. I mean, you know, City are probably favourites for everything, but uh... right. and because of that, that's why, in my opinion, you can't expect the trophy. Look, no, as a divine right of winning, obviously. No, no, no. I think we should aim for a trophy, 
Um, Absolutely. But I don't think you can have an expectation of a trophy. I think that Arsenal are going to be in a position where they, their expectation is to better compete with Man City. That's my expectation for the club, to better compete with City so that we can get closer to them in every single regard. But for me, you can't expect a trophy. Hopefully, but surpass them. Mm. At, uh, you know? but the, how do you think we surpass them? Sorry? How, how do you think we can surpass like a state-backed club like Man City are? I think by spending money. It's not like the Cronkies are poor. They've got a lot of money. They're mm-hmm. the third richest. He's the third richest owner in the Premier League. He's just his uh, his uh, net worth just went up two billion or whatever it is. He uh, he invests a lot of money into his other sports franchises, building the most ex- the most expensive stadium, giving out the the biggest NBA contracts. You know, and uh, um, sometimes I just feel Arsenal are the on the end of the list, you know, of priorities for them. And you um, what last season with Chelsea's season? Sorry, would you have swapped our season last season for Chelsea's season? I mean, absolutely not. No. Well, they no. spent around four or five times what we did. But if if the whole thing is about spending, do you not think we need to be a little bit more? precise about how we define what we need to do rather than just spend more money do you know what i mean 100 percent. but the, the the football's changed very quickly in the past few years you know spending 100 million 115 million i don't believe is enough i mean that's how much one player is going for it's crazy prices i agree i mean i can't believe how much money is in football these days it, mm. it, it makes my head roll but i mean yeah, me what, what can i do about it like i'll just sit on the couch and watch and uh, and um but i think the players are just going for that price. And if you if you want a player and the club are demanding a fee, that's their valuation. And sometimes you maybe have to pay over the odds. Sometimes you maybe have to give a bigger contract, you know? I think that's what hopefully we'll see. You know, from the sounds of things, Arsenal are going to go with a, a 90 plus million pound bid for Declan Rice after the Conference League final. And we'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed indeed, yeah. absolutely. And it seems that they, they want Caicedo as well. And, you know, we can only hope that that is going to be the case. I think obviously we'll have separate discussions and further discussions after the window's closed and we'll reflect on what we've done. But Zach, I really appreciate you jumping on. It's not the easiest thing to do. I know you don't necessarily agree with the points of view. So I have absolutely utmost respect for you for jumping on. So really go for it, mate. When for you is it like when is it okay for us to demand trophies? You know, uh, yeah, and I mean, when it when when is it okay for us to say no? It's enough now. Like you know, it's been three years. Like when 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 can we expect a trophy? And like you say, no, can't expect a trophy, and you, no one has the divine right of winning. But I mean, yeah, I think until you're on the same level as City, you know, until you are the number one club in the country, is there an expectation? You know, City go into a season and their expectation is to win every trophy that's on offer. That's mm-hmm. their expectation. And I think if we're all honest with each other, Arsenal aren't City right now. We're building towards trying to get there. And mm-hmm. if we get to a level where we're on par with them, then we can have that discussion about, look, we have got a team that is as good as cities. You know, we've got a squad that's as good as cities and we're spending to the point where, because it does, at the end of the day, spending only gets you so far because you can mm-hmm. only have your 18 or 20 man squad, right? You can only have 20 players on your match day. If your 20 man match day squad, if we had a discussion and said, that's on par with what Man City have. Our 20 players that we can use are on par with Man City's. 
Yeah. That's when I can think we can sit here and say, I demand that Arsenal now are in a good enough position that we should be winning a trophy. But right now, until we get to that stage, we're on par with that best team in the country. I can't demand it. What I can demand is the club do everything in their power to try and get to that level. That's what I would be looking to demand. Is that a fair answer? Yeah, sure. I'm just saying that the club, are, are, obviously, I have a bit of a more uh, impatient approach because of how yeah, we've yeah. looked for the past 19 years. And I... Um, Maybe uh, I just think that the club, I just feel the club need to do what's required right now in order to start competing properly at the highest level in, in Europe. You know, we're going into... What we can both agree on is that we I hope they get, do it this summer. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be embarrassed again, you know, 93% on top of the table and, and breaking <laughs> negative records and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. So I just really want us to compete at the highest level. And uh, yeah, Me I hope too. it comes in. Zach, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you jumping on. Cheers, brother. Thank you, mate. Lovely stuff. Uh, let's bring in our next guest. Uh, thank you, everybody in the chat box, by the way, for uh, leaving some very, very kind comments about Zach. Fortunately, not everyone. Um, I would appreciate if we could just, you know, it's all about respect with these debates. We may not agree about differing opinions, but it's always about making sure that we respect everyone's viewpoints on this. Uh, I'm going next on my list. Next I've got up is Anthony. Anthony Sporting, what is one of the nicest hats I think I've ever seen. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? You good, Joel? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, Matt. I'm very good. Uh, I appreciate you supporting uh, some really good causes by getting that hat, mate. Very much appreciated. No worries, man. I always listen to your show in the morning. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. So, tell me what you jumped on to, to talk about. <clears throat> Um, this window is going to define Arsenal's season um, going forward of where we finished last season to if we can improve in terms of challenging City. Um, you can look at the signings that we brought in, like Trossard, Kivio and Jorginho, and they massively helped us to get to a point where we needed to get. It was just <clears throat> unfortunate that... The team dropped off as soon as Saliba got injured and then Zinni got injured. Um, I think those two were pivotal for us. And, you know, bringing in Rob Holding, you know, he's been there for years. And as good as he was, mm. I thought in that we should have brought in Kivyar sooner rather than later. Like, for argument's sake, the West Ham game and then the Southampton game, I think we would have. We should have brought in him sooner and see where we would have ended up um, going forward. But going back to the point regarding this window, um, the guys, they really need to support Mikel Arteta, which I know that they do. It's can we get our targets over the line? Um, obviously, you know, if you look on Twitter um, in relation to the news that broke last night with um, a garter that was supposed uh, supposed to have gone to Chelsea, and then that deal fell through, and they're now turning their attentions to Caicedo. Which obviously the situation, what happened in January, that we bidded, and they said that he was not for sale. So, how is Arsenal going to react to that? You know, that's the first thing that you know. He's someone who, if we got him and Declan Rice in, we wouldn't need to worry about that midfield for a good couple of years. And, you know, the meltdown that was going on, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was a part of it too, to say, you know, are these guys going to, you know, how are they going to react? You know, is Eddie now going to finally prove myself wrong and others in regards to getting these deals done for the manager? You know, there's so much in terms of 
you pivoting around to if you don't get your first target to get your second target so mm -hmm. you know that conversation would have to come around later on down the line if he doesn't get these targets in because we're now in the Champions League you know the last time we was in the Champions League I probably was what in college you know given I was in college that's how long ago you know we were in the Champions League and if we do not get these players who Edu um, I watched one of his interviews um, after um, Arteta, Odegaard and Saka won the awards that they're looking for level raisers. Now, if we don't get these players in, who potentially could we get in that would be level raisers for the squad, you know, because we'd be fighting on four fronts. And my only issue is that if we don't get these two in, I feel that Arsenal may struggle, you know, to try to keep up in regards to like Chelsea, they're going to be buying players you know, Man United, Liverpool, also Newcastle. You know, it's not just a top four race anymore. There's six teams there that are now competitive. So are we going to have that opportunity to progress from what we did this season? Which, uh, you know, not just myself, but a lot of fans are thinking that, you know, Caicedo, you know, that needs to happen as well with Declan Rice as other players that we need to. So... It's going to be very interesting to see what happens this week. You know, if Chelsea does bid in for Kai Soto, are Arsenal going to react to say, OK, are we going to go in for him as well? But then I'm hearing reports that Kai Soto is worth up to 100 million. Like, well, McAllister went for half of that price because he had a release clause and he went to Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. You know, Kai Soto, is he worth 100 mil? No, he's, he's not worth 100 mil. But what Brighton did in regards to getting him to sign that contract they have the leverage to say, this is how much he's worth. Is he the same as Declan Rice? I would say, I would say no. I'd say between 60 to 70 mil in terms of that type of yeah, price. So if Edu can go out and get these targets, it should be great. But we've seen what's happened in the past in terms of, you know, the Mujic saga. Yao Felix, who we were interested in, I don't know how far we got, see if he's going to bid for him. You know, also the Rafinha deal, what happened with that. So um, it's not just myself. You know, there's a lot of people who do feel that Eddie now has to go out and get these targets to support the manager. You know, Arteta's done wonders. He only can do what he can do. And it's, it's down to Eddie to back him going forward with that to say, look, we're here, we're here to stay. This wasn't a one-season wonder where we finished second. We need to improve on that going forward. Every season, you need to improve. You know, as the saying goes, harder. To, you know, once you get on top, it's harder to stay on top because you have to work that much harder just to stay there. So it's a big summer for him. You know, it's a big summer for him. He's got a lot of. He's got a lot to prove to the Arsenal fan base because. If we don't get these signings in and we get signings that are not at the level of Rice or Caicedo, Arsenal fan base is going to be divided again. And it's, it will be a shame that Arteta's worked so hard with the squad that he's got. I'm not taking away anything from Eddie and Arteta in regards to the signings that they brought in because you could see from last season to this season how much we've improved going forward in terms of challenging when we lost to Man United. We bounced back when we got to Liverpool. We drew West Ham. We should have won that game. Southampton. We should have won that game, and then we dropped off. And it's 
the level is not there in terms of if these players are injured, we can bring in level raisers who, again, can take us to that next level. The drop-off on our bench is not that significant. So, you know, he has got his work cut out of the season. I'm just praying and hoping that he does prove me wrong. You know, he's on holiday at the present moment. And, well, from... Yeah, we know he does the magical things on holiday, mate. He's, he's pulled yeah, off I, some magical things. <laughs> everyone's just like, you know, he should be working on these targets. I'll say, look, he's yeah, entitled he to a holiday. You know, let's not get it wrong. He's entitled to his holiday. And there's other guys, you know, he can do deals when he's abroad. Just hopefully what transpires in the next couple of days, obviously the Europe, um, the Conference League final in terms of West Ham, hopefully we can get that bid in day after or by Friday. That bid should have gone in. Now, if this Caicedo um, situation with Chelsea, we'll see what we do if we're actually going to go back in for Caicedo, which in terms of the price tag, will Arsenal go back in and see, OK, we'll pay 70, 80. If not, who are we going to move on to? What, Lavia? He's another person that I know that we've been interested. I don't know if that's going to be a genuine alternative target. So, yes, it's, yeah. It's just a big summer. It's just a big summer for Eddie. You know, he's got a lot to prove to the Arsenal fan base to say, look, he can get these major deals. He can get these major deals done, even though we've got Zinni and um, Jesus last summer. These guys, we need to see these, you know, some key signings coming, some marquee signings coming going forward. So, yeah, that's just my point on it, you know. I don't have any questions for you, Anthony, because everything you've said, I agree with. So, you know, it's it's a massive, massive summer. And, you know, the expectation for me is that we are, that we have to improve the squad, that we have to get it in a position where we can better compete with Man City in every single competition next season. And that is what's on offer. Anthony, I really appreciate you jumping on and, and speaking uh, powerfully about what you believe in on, the, on, on those topics. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Tom. Have a great Thanks, day. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate your time, my friend. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Much appreciate Anthony jumping on. Um, let's jump to our next caller. We've got Albert from Albert JTV. How are you doing, my friend? Yes, Albert, how are we? I, I thought, Tom, I would at least take myself off mute first. <laughs> it's a good plan to start off, yeah. It's what? a good plan. Tom, Tom, I'm well, man. I saw um, your comment on Twitter that, you, that your chat box was cooking, man. I'm thinking, oh, what's that? What's, oh, what's he done now? Morning. My comment section this morning was... Oh, it was special. Let me let me read you a Come comment on. out. Um, please, please. Someone in the chat box, uh, which kind of gives me perspective on also while we're doing this, if I can now right. find it. Where is it? it was from, uh, it was from, was it Dave? Basically, I'll find it in a second, but the, here we go. I found it. It's from Dave. Uh, Dave Thompson says, is this conversation a bit premature? Nothing is signed and it's all speculation about Rysado. Uh, why would uh, yeah. you go to Chelsea at the moment? And, and the reason why... And Albert, you kind of alluded to this. The reason why I am doing this conversation is because on social media and in my comment sections, there is a real anger, I feel, that's already growing around and frustration and angst about where we're at and who's in charge of doing it, be Edu or whatever. There's kind of already building this pessimistic angst, if you like, about it. Where do you sit on your confidence about Edu and the club being able to pull off a window that we need this summer. Right. Let me, I'll answer your question in reverse. <laughs> so, okay. uh, in terms Try of my to say the words in order, because that would help me understand <laughs> it. But, yeah. right, right, no, Fred, I thought you're right, Tom. You're very right. 
Um, in terms of my confidence, um, I'll be honest, Tom, it's, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, I've said before that Arsenal fans have debated for many years or that, you know, every summer window is a big window. And I'm like, no, this one is because they're back in the Champions League. So um, more pressure is going to be applied in terms of there's not a lot of, I don't know if trust is the right word in regards to Edu, <laughs> as you mentioned, as you alluded to about your show. Um, I'm chucking concern as well. I'm chucking concern as well. Um, the thing is, us as Arsenal as a club, we don't really, we don't throw the book at it. Um, yeah, you might look at individual signings, but um, in terms of the conference, like I said, I'll be honest, I, I, I generally don't know until it actually opens, which opens a day bef before my birthday, which is in a few days' time. Yeah, so um, it's, it'd be interesting, Tom. I, I, that's, just, that's the honest short, that's the shortest answer I can give him in regards to the transfer window. Um, in terms of the anger for Etu, um, Edu, by the way, um, I mean, I mean, Tom, what is it to really to say? I mean, what's the concern? Has anybody else brought anybody else in yet? Um, obviously, we've seen players who were on a free and who had buyout clauses like Nkunku, uh, like McAllister. Um, Brighton have brought in James Milner and Dahoud, who are both on free. So there are players moving with pre contract agreements or with the activation of release clauses, but we're not, we haven't seen, say, a bidding process go on whereby I don't think I might be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I've not seen, you know, a club say bid for a player. And the club have accepted the bids, and that deal's been done. Do you know what I mean? That's I don't think that's no. happened yet. No. I, I mean, I mean, are they are they upset? I'm obviously I'm aiming this at Arsenal fans. Are they upset in regards to the players that have have gone in terms of pre-contracts or moved on? Because I'm sure you're not interested in any of them players to elevate us to the next level. And that's no disrespect to the players you just mentioned. Uh, um, oh, wait, wait, let me read you a comment from one of my comments this morning. Um, David says, we are pessimistic because we have a well-known track record of not getting our targets, and we all know it. That was from David Ock this morning. Um, I think that it's kind of the angers about the fact that we missed out on, you know, Mudrik or Caicedo or... Um, Vlahovic, who the Vlahovic one is an interesting one. I don't think it's actually a, a referenceable example because it, Jesus was the priority and we were in discussions with him before that January window of 2022. Vlahovic was kind of an opportunity in January that they felt that was too good not to have a go at and you know missed out on it because he wants to go to Juventus. So, uh, where. Uh, there's a pessimism, I suppose, around Edu. There's some people saying that they they would have got rid of him already and brought someone else in to do the, his job and they'd have more confidence in someone else doing it. I don't know who that person is, but do you know what I mean? No. That's where we're kind yeah. of at. Yeah, I mean, even the players that even the players that you've mentioned and I've heard being mentioned um, sort of prior to me coming on, um, and it can happen, Tom, it's possible. How many of those players have done well at the clubs that they've gone to? I mean... Mudrick, mm. he's, um, raw talent, Jao yeah. Felix, uh, Rafinha. Yeah. I, I mean, I could go on. I mean, I, yeah. you know, it, I, if you're upset about in terms of Arsenal not being aggressive enough in the transfer window, that I will that I will agree with because I, I that's thing I that's thing I that's one thing I would like to see Arsenal do a bit more. That doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get your targets, and I don't think ask in terms of number one targets. Um, Maybe that's what Arsenal do need to improve on that, and, and we'll see this summer because obviously we know there's two players in particular that I would both like to see at the club. I'm, I'm just being super greedy. I said it a few months ago. I, I'm not. I'm, I wasn't ever really sure 
or, or how confident it may happen. But um, firstly, I guess I need the transfer window to be open first, don't we? But um, uh, yeah, listen, it's not my money first and foremost, so I, I don't get too caught up in it. We're not going to spend the amount of money in terms of what Chelsea spent as a, as a ballpark figure. Um, and that doesn't Tom, guarantee success either from the evidence well, yeah well there you go when they finish 39 30 points or 39 points behind you i can't remember the point how many points it was but i think it's the only thing number. i can say same number <laughs> so tom i mean i mean i have to watch back your show to be honest or just look at the comment section but um i think arsenal fans and kevin campbell said this many many times man he said um arsenal fans complain about anything it doesn't matter what oh, time it doesn't matter what time it is um but guys, let, let the window open. We know the players that we want as Arsenal fans, right? We know the players we want. We know the players we've been linked with. And it's not just, this is not just paper talk. This has got to a point now where, you know, it's about Arsenal being able to get these over the line. Um, if Edu manages to do it, fantastic. But you know what? As, as key as a transfer window is, there's more than one area we need to address, by the way. And it's not just central midfield. I do think that's number one priority, by the way. But there are ever there are ever areas that we need to address as well as the central midfield areas. Yeah, yeah I think fullback um, needs to be looked at on both sides potentially if Tierney goes. And I think you know I, I do want to see a centre forward come in. I'm not hopeful that we will see one come in, um, but I'm hopeful that we'll see a centre forward come in. Uh, Albert, thank you um, for jumping on, my friend. I really appreciate it always when you do. It's very much a pleasure. Of course, Tom. It's good to see you, man. In the chat, like, smash the likes, people in the chat. Come on, man. This man knows. He knows. Thank you, mate. I'll speak to you soon. See you soon. Have a good one. Much appreciate that. Um, I'm loving the invention in the chat box, by the way, of who can come up with the best out uh, example. Um, so my, I've enjoyed things like going out, out. That's one of my favorites so far. Take me out uh, from Mikey. I've actually been in the audience for Take Me Out and Paddy McGuinness thought it'd be funny to, to thrust in my face, actually. Genuine story. That actually happened. So, yeah, I was always a fan of that show back in the day. Uh, let's bring on our next guest, smiling away at my terrible comedy. It's Wes. How are you doing, Wes? You good, you well? Appreciate it. Oh, oh I've heard you. You're there. Sorry, your connection just went out for a second, but you're back. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Okay. It's it's the United States internet quality. I'm uh, sorry, we just can't match you over there. Sorry. <laughs> smooth going over here. Tell me where your head's at, where you're thinking, what do you make of all this kind of um, doom-mongering, if you like? It's probably the harshest way of putting it, but what do you think? Yeah, no, I don't put a whole lot of stock in all that stuff. Uh, you know, it, Honestly, you're going to have entitled fans at every club. Um, I don't pay them a bit of mind, and neither should you. Um, I do have some concerns about the window coming up. Um, and I have nothing concrete to back it up, but I feel like this window is really going to be a little bit more competitive than past windows with a lot of teams, with a lot of money to throw out there. Um, I like when you're calling big and improve the situation and a really fierce competition for the Champions League spots for next year. So whereas maybe we were in competition with Mudrick, and we just bait, we lost out to Chelsea with that one. I think we're going to be up against more than Chelsea this time, obviously, for our top targets, Rice, Concedo, uh, um, but lower for this window than, than past windows. And that's not to say that, um, you know, I'm going to sit here and demand Edu out if he can't get him. Uh, just the opposite. It's, it's just that competition that I'm really, really concerned about. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, I, I think 
The reason why, and people ask me this, I had someone tweet me this morning, actually, I'll give them the credit. Uh, it was Manu um, on Twitter, who's one of our Belgian uh, football experts. He says, as a long-time follower of the show, I feel like I'm, I can express my dislike on how much time you spend on the pessimistic side of things. I get that you don't want to become an echo chamber of positivity, but hearing you frustratingly explain the same thing time and time again is a real shame. And I said that there are a couple of reasons why I do go back over this. One is because obviously the channel's growing all the time and there's new listeners and obviously they've not heard these things before. Secondly is because I don't want to feel like that I am ignoring a point of view that a lot of people hold and that I feel like you have to give that the time of day. And if people like, you know, Zach, who came on as our first caller, is able to come on and express an alternative point of view in a, in a respectable way, I think that's worth having a discussion about. But where's what I can't get my head around is there is there's genuine anger, like from some Arsenal fans already about, that it's, I suppose, Edu that's the guy that's coming into this window that's taking charge of it and be making some of the key decisions or is the guy doing the negotiating? Are they fair to have... Let's not go with anger because I don't think anger's ever fair. <laughs> but do you think they're fair to have concern about Edu being the guy that's leading the negotiations for the club? You know, it, are they? you can always have concern about someone. Something. I mean, even in the best world... Who are at the top of their industry can you have concern about something they do sure bill gates you know whatever take your industry but um i think that and i <laughs> i'll play into my age a little bit here I'm, I'm i'm slightly older and through my age and experience i've learned that um where i was quick and rash to make judgment when i was younger uh now i'm a little bit more reserved wait and see um and there are times to have some initiative and to to push the gas pedal but like you said the, the window hasn't even opened yet all you're all you're speculating on and all you're getting here about it, you know for lack of a better word it's it's something that you have to give people oh, my soul okay you're back. <laughs> yeah. all right cool yeah. so I, I i honestly think that you've got to have something to 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 happen you have to give them time you have to at least have some sort of reservation and say, okay, listen, yep, there's going to be a big job coming up. Um, let's actually wait and see and let it play out. Um, I, me personally, again, going back to that original comment of there's a lot of competition. I hope to expect to see more than past seasons, more than past windows. I expect to see a lot of our big business done early because if you don't, that invites more competition. And that's what I'm going to be concerned about. And that's why my expectations for the window aren't as high as probably they have been in the past. Yeah, so, sense. you know, going back to that original question, you know, do they have a right to be concerned? Yes, yeah, sure. You can always have concern. But um, to say, you know, all the edu, all the edu's out, all edu's garbage, you know, that's I, I don't pay that a bit of mind. And if you're going to go that extreme, that quick, this short in the window, and again, the wasn't even, window isn't even open yet. I, I got no time for that. Uh, you know, that's that's just that's just talk. Fair enough, Wes. No, I appreciate you jumping on. I, I'm going to go to my next caller, mainly because, not because I don't think you're brilliant, but mainly because I'm hearing about <laughs> half of what you say, uh, because of that US internet connection. But uh, <sighs> always a pleasure to speak with you. We did hear, I'd say, 90% of what you were saying, so it was all good in the end. You can watch it back and you can have a look yourself. Right. Good. But I really appreciate your time. Thank you for jumping you. on, mate. Have a good one. Thank you to Wes. Much appreciate that. Let's bring our next caller on. A uh, long-time phone-in caller of the show. It's Brandon. How are you doing, Brandon? You good? You well, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. How are you, mate? Been a long time. Yeah, not bad. yeah, it's been a while, isn't it? It's been a while. I mean, 
if we'd have, if I'd have said to you on the last phone-in show that Arsenal would be in a title race this season, I would have been curious to what you might have said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, really yeah you, probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have got the reaction yeah. that you uh, <laughs> maybe expected. So, yeah. But it's um, it was it was a season of, of of special moments and ultimately ended in in disappointment. Um, and uh, it's I think maybe predicated some of the ill feeling that's gone into the start of the transfer window. Potentially, you've obviously been in the background listening to a lot of the conversations that have been going on. Where's your head at at the moment with the club, with the window, your expectation, what you're desiring? To just kind of go for gold on it, my friend. Okay, so if we start with the window, um, somebody. I don't know who, maybe, you know, all the, all the guys that are watching might know somebody, but somebody needs to be hitting Edu's phone up right now and reminding him that there is a transfer window about to open. You know, we, we, we ain't got time for barbecues. I know the weather is starting to heat up a little bit in the UK, but put them utensils down. Take off them shorts. Take off them sandals, Edu. We need you to go out and get Probably some. Brandon. Come on. Yeah, go out and get some players. No messing around because in my mind, this is arguably the most important transfer window in Arsenal's recent history. We found ourselves in a position last season where we was competing for a league title, which nobody really expected at the beginning of the season. Um, And now we need to cement ourselves in that position and go one step further. Um, it's going to be difficult because now we've got Champions League football to compete with as well. Um, and the one thing that's been a major disappointment for me since Arteta has been here is our inability to compete in multiple competitions. You know, we see that last season. We kind of, you know, threw a few competitions away in order to concentrate on the league. And then we made ourselves look silly because we didn't end up winning the league anyway. So, but... I just look at it like this. You got Chelsea out here spending 600 million. You got Manchester United that're going to have a war chest. You got uh you know Newcastle as well. Um Liverpool no doubt will spend a lot of money as well. And I just think we're in a position now where players that I wasn't necessarily a fan of at this football club showed me last season that they are capable like Martin Odegaard is a great example for me because I always felt like this guy was never really going to hit the heights that we wanted him to hit. And then last season, you know, 15 goals, seven assists. You can't, you know, really ask for more from your number 10. Um, with regard him being a captain, we could, you know, obviously have a different conversation about that because for me, you know, he's not really a leader. But in terms of his overall performance last season, you know, he would be the prime example of a player who I never thought would hit the heights, and he did. Um, then, you, of course, you've got your, your Sackers, your Martinelli's, um, Jesus, and, and all them players that are, you know, and Saliba, you know, what a season. What a first season for Arsenal as well. It's a shame he got injured um, right at the end. But I look at it now, and I just think our squad needs maybe four or five top, top signings. And I mean top, top quality signings um, in order to go that uh, step further, I think. You know, Um, I look at Manchester City and if we're striving to be like them, look at the the quality and the strength and depth that they've got in every single position on the pitch. Every single position. 
Um, and we, unfortunately, we don't have that and we need that. And there are certain players in, in this squad who I think, you know, need to become our rotational players like um, Jesus for me. You know, um, I know we sign him as our, our main number nine, but for me, he doesn't score enough goals to be Arsenal's main number nine. I, I think he, he would be, you know, a great option off the bench, even to start in certain games as well, because everything else about him is an exceptional footballer. He does everything right. The only thing that is a sticking point for me is the lack of goals that we're seeing from him. And I know he was he, he was out injured for a period of time, so that would have contributed towards that as well. But I just feel like we need somebody who can score us 20, 25 goals a season. Um, I think Thomas Partey needs to become a rotational player as well. You know, we're kind of seeing towards the back end of the season that he's not really um, hitting the same heights that he was when he first came into Arsenal. He's very injury prone. Um He's getting older now as well. He's, you know, nearly, I think he's 30 now. And in at some point, we're going to have to replace him long term. So in my mind, why can't we do that now? You know, I look at Chelsea. They went out, they spent 600 million. You know, Arsenal back in the Champions League. I think 300 million pound is enough money to get us to where we need to be. You know, fulfill the required positions that we need in order to take it to the next level and, and compete not just in the Premier League, but in the Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup, and, you know, maybe go that one step further and win the league as well. Um, so I just think we need a striker. We need a couple of midfielders, obviously with Granny Xhaka on his way out. Um, we definitely need defensive cover as well. And uh, with, with Kieran Tierney leaving... Um, we're, we're going to need a left back because, again, I, I kind of I don't like to point this out too much, but for again Zinchenko, um, great going forward, but defensively, he's not it. Unfortunately, oh, I, the thing is, I, I could do a whole separate podcast on what the misconceptions I feel around Zinchenko because it's, there's no doubt in my mind what he brings us going forwards is on a world class level, and that man took us. In that position, Arteta and Zinchenko combined took us with that to a system that dominated teams, that just blew teams away, that gave us such dominance. And you're right, defensively, he's not it. And in my view, that's that's okay if you've got the players around him to support that system. And I feel as though when we lost Saliba, that dissipated completely because then the emphasis on Gabriel to basically cover not only Zinchenko, but whoever he was partnering that wasn't used to be playing regularly, wasn't up to scratch, basically, really cost us. But there's a lot to unpack from what you said. I agree with a lot of it. I, for me, I spoke about this before, a £300 million summer for Arsenal at this in this window should not be fantasy. I think that with the amount of money that we could make in sales as well, a £300 million summer or close to it, is not something that I would be writing off. Just because. I, can I just got... address the, one of these comments in the comments section? Yeah, of course Chris. Chris. Chris says, "Okay, Brandon, how how do we get the three hundred million? Um, you're selling half the team. Well, you know, Tom kind of pointed it out. We've got so many players out on loan that are, are mm. not required anymore. You know, Nicola Pepe. You got uh, Laconga. 
Rob Holding, right. you know, we've got fringe players that we can sell. I'm not saying we're going to make masses of money from selling them, but you got to remember as well, Chris, we're, we're, we're big Arsenal football club. We're not Tottenham Hotspur. You know what I mean? We're big Arsenal football club. We've got a lot of money. Uh, we've got a billionaire owner on the uh, on the board. Um, we've got that Champions League money coming in as well. It, it's not beyond imposs- uh, you know, possibility that Arsenal could go out and spend that sort of money. No, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. I think that a 300 pound, a 300 million pound summer, if Arsenal were to sell, if we were to sell well this summer with Tavares, um, Holding, Austin Trusty, Lukonga, Tierney, um, following Balogun, I would sell Eddie and Ketia personally as well. You know, there is scope there for Arsenal to make close to 100 million pounds quite easily, I think. So when it comes to a 300 million pound summer, is the expectation for a club that's challenging for a title in this current market situation to invest 200 million pounds? Absolutely. And with the way that which Arsenal were looking at Declan Rice and Moises Caicedo, those two are going to take you pretty close to 200 million. And we know that Arsenal want to bring in a fullback. From the sounds of things, they want to be in, bring in a creative midfielder potentially to evolve that left eight role if we wanted to. I personally think that a centre-forward like you is something I'd like to target as well. What The one thing I do disagree with, and I think where we will come is, that, um, which I will question you on, is the... And it's actually... I'm glad that you said it because I think it's something that a lot of people are saying right now. It's what you said first, which was that we need to ring Edu up and tell him that there's a transfer window coming. Because from my perspective, I think that there is such a misconception around what I describe as the tip of the iceberg theory, in which is everything that we see and read on social media or in reports or in journalism or what I hear in, in, in my circles, you know, is the tip of the iceberg. And that everything underneath is always going to be going on. And look, Edu knows that the transfer window's here, you know. Edu knows he's in for a big summer. I spoke to the man myself. He knows there's a big, big summer coming up and he is ready for it. And the club are ready for it as well, from what I am told. And they are going into it with the the ambition to upgrade this team into a place where they can better compete with Manchester City. So I, I, I'm curious to get kind of why you've got this point of view that, say, Edu, for instance, and others aren't maybe doing enough right now. Okay. Yeah, no, I can explain that perfectly. No problem. Um, maybe you could be the one to hit him up then if you, you know, spoke to him <laughs> personally. Um, I look at Moises Caicedo, right? And I just yeah. feel like, um, you know, there's there's teams today that have announced signings before the, the, the transfer window's even open. Arsenal never, ever, ever really do that. We're not really that that proactive in, in terms of what we're... Which examples you know, would you give? Well, you ne- you've never really seen Arsenal announce... A, no, no, uh, I meant of other clubs this summer that have... That oh, have Liverpool announced. today. Liverpool today. You know, we know they've been chasing McAllister for a long while. Mm. Um, and that has been, you know, pretty much officially done, announced, job done. And, you know, they as soon as that window opens, they can announce that signing, but they're already in the process of looking at other targets and this, that and the other, right? I just feel like sometimes we wait far too long. You know, we concentrate on one thing and then while we're concentrating on that thing, not enough is going on in other areas. So we end up losing out on our targets quite a lot, right? We And we have done in recent years, you know, first choice targets we've lost out on. I look at Moises Caicedo, right? We went for him in January. We couldn't get him. Um, 
Um, there was, you know, obvious reasons for that. Brighton didn't have time to replace him. We didn't want to stump up too much money for him. But Caicedo made it very clear that Arsenal, you know, he wants Arsenal. Um, Arsenal is his first choice. You know, Brighton have already kind of established that he will be allowed to leave the club. So why is this deal not already done? This is my question because, you know, if you're going for the player in January and now you're kind of waiting around and and not really doing too much and then the whole situation has happened with Chelsea where they've lost out on Agate and now we're going to find ourselves potentially in a bidding war with Chelsea, which is not, you know, we, we've already seen from Mudrick, Arsenal will not get into a bidding war. So... I look at that and I worry now because the sticking point will always be the money. This is perfect for Brighton. You know, Brighton now can get Arsenal and Chelsea in a bidding war and they will take as much money as they can get from whichever club. You only have to hope that Caicedo turns Chelsea down and says, no, look, I want Arsenal and I ain't going anywhere unless I go to Arsenal. And then, you know, in that case, it kind of makes it a bit more of a different kind of, you know, uh, negotiation. But I worry that Chelsea could just come in and blow us out of the water. They've already shown us, you know, they don't care about how much money they're stumping up, whereas as we do. And I just feel like, like I said, it's the most important transfer window in our recent history. We can't afford to be messing around. We can't afford to be losing out on our first choice targets. And we certainly cannot afford to get ourselves into bidding wars and then end up losing out on the player uh, in the end anyway. So for me, that deal should already be pretty much wrapped up and we should be concentrating on our next target. Um, like I say, this this transfer window, and I think it's the same for many Arsenal fans. I don't know if you agree, Tom, but this transfer window will tell me how serious this football club actually is. Yeah, Are we going back to... We're happy to qualify for Champions League football. And, you know, that's about it. We, you know, or are we actually going out there to compete and to be the best? This is this is going to tell me everything I need to know. And at the moment, yeah, no, I, I ain't going to lie to you. At the moment, I'm a little worried, not just with the Caicedo thing, but, you know, I look at the Reese Nelson thing as well. Signing them up to a new deal. Okay, he's come off the bench and he scored three goals, three important goals, by the way this season but in the long term is he really what we need to offer in terms of the competition and that to Bukayo Saka you know Reese Nelson's been here at the club for a while now I just feel like it was the easy option for Arsenal you know rather than going out and spending 30 40 million pound and getting somebody in who can actually you know compete with Saka and push him that extra Mile as well. I don't know who for 30. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Forty million pounds you can get that would maybe not, maybe not. But I just see it as a bit of a cheap way for Arsenal to kind of do that. I see why you would think. I I can see why you and others would think that. And the reason why is because I think obviously you know it's it's an option that Arsenal have to not spend any money on a position. Um, But we agreed that we think that Arsenal should be capable of spending three hundred million pounds this summer with including player sales. And I think that when we, we talked about the fact that Caicedo and Rice, who I would like to think, you know, Arsenal want to get both and from the sounds of things they do, that's going to take you close to £200 million, just those two. We've talked about and we agree that we need to bring in potentially two defenders, a full-back on either side or a right-sided centre-back, you know, uh, and a left-back to replace Tierney. And we've also talked about the fact that both of us would like a centre-forward. And I think that when you combine those other additions with Rice and Caicedo, you're suddenly getting into figures if you want to then bring in a competitive figure to Saka that goes beyond, well beyond 300 million. So I think that's probably the reason as to why the club have taken the decision to renew Nelson. If we're being very honest, it's probably been our best sub all season. You know, he's the one to me that's looked and done the most coming off the bench uh, of, of any other player this season. And Ketty has not scored a single goal, for instance, from the bench, which is another reason why I would move him on. Um, but to, to bring it back, you know, the, the Liverpool McAllister thing, the reason why you're seeing some deals done is because two reasons. One, either their contracts are finishing, which is why Brighton are able to get hold of uh, Mahmoud Dahoud's and James Milner, for instance. And the other reason is release clauses. And Liverpool have activated Brighton's release clause um, for McAllister in, in that new deal that was signed. There was a, a release clause that was inserted into that. I'd love for Arsenal to have gone to Brighton already and said, he's 100 million quid. Give us Kaiseido. You know, I'd love for that to happen. The reality is, is I don't think the club rate him at £100 million. And I think actually Brighton are looking for something potentially less than £100 million. What Brighton are looking for, though, is they're looking for a bidding war. They're looking for a situation whereby Arsenal come in and potentially Manchester City come in. We know Chelsea's interest as well. They want, and Liverpool have said to have interest, even with their signing of McAllister. They want that. So they don't want this to be done quick. For starters, Brighton do not want this to be done quick because they want teams to come in and they hold all the cards with the player under a brand new contract that they've said yes can leave. But at the end of the day, they are going to hold all the cards with with this deal. The, the Agate thing, the only thing that the Agate thing changes is is Chelsea's desperation to get Caicedo because actually, like us with Rice, we want Rice and Caicedo. They wanted Agate and Caicedo. It wasn't a case of one or the other. They wanted both. And now they've missed out on one they're going to go hell for leather on, on Kaiseido, which is, is annoying for us, obviously, because it gives a greater intensity on that side of things. But as you said, we've got a hope in this side of things that Kaiseido says, I want Arsenal. I want Champions League football. Arsenal have already made some real pushing attempts to time me in the previous window. And we've got a hope that Arsenal will go in for him again. 
With Rice, we know why that's being delayed because we've got the UEFA Conference League final on Wednesday. And look, it's all well and good me sitting here saying there's a reason why it's delayed. If Arsenal don't go in in the following, within days of that final completing with a big bid, I'm going to be disappointed like you because we need to move quickly to avoid other teams, you know, going for him. And, and they probably still will. Bayern Munich have, have crept into the, uh, the fold as well. So I think, Brandon, what would be good is if me and you re- return at the end of the window for kind of a reflection on what actually happens to see how quickly we did move for players. If we missed out on players, then what happened after that? How did we reflect on that? How did we change from that? And if we missed out on all our priorities, then there's going to be another discussion about why did we do that and what can we do differently to make sure that doesn't happen, be that a change of personnel or be that just a different strategy. Would you be up for that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Brandon, I've got some more callers that I need to get to, but I really appreciate you jumping on and having the time to chat, mate. No worries. Cheers, Tom. Lovely pleasure, as always. Speak to you soon. Much appreciate, Brandon, for coming on. Uh, always uh, respectful and has a good conversation, uh, even though not always has the views aligned with my own, even though some today I think were. You know, I, I agree that Arsenal should be capable of a £300 million window um, with potential player sales accounting up to, you know, a third of that. You know, there's no reason why a team in this current iteration of the market should not be capable of investing £200 million plus that £100 million for potential player sales. Uh, let's get my next guest on on my list. I have put into the chat box, uh, the private chat, the order. Uh, next on the list I've got is Vijay. Uh, Vijay, how are you doing, my friend? You good? You well? Hey, I'm good. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Very good. Uh, you've obviously been sitting very patiently, which I really appreciate, by the way. Um, and you've been listening to a lot has been said. Where is your head at regarding the summer, Edu, everything? Yeah, uh, so first of all, I think... Um people are like kind of like really uh, uh, in different terms with respect to both our data and like Edu uh, in, in the sense that like I think the fact that Edu never has really gotten our first choice uh, players up till now like for example last year we were going for Rafinha we never made that happen and we pulled Lissandro Martinez we pulled out uh, and then I think uh, a uh, few other uh, Mudrik, we didn't make it in the winter window either. Uh, and Caicedo, we missed off in the, again in the winter window. And I think so many uh, misses on the first choice. Not that the second choice wasn't was bad. Uh, I think Jorginho and uh, uh, and Trussard was an amazing uh, like you know cover. And like I don't think those two were the reason we lost. I mean, in fact, I think Saliba was simply the reason. Like I, I don't know why everyone seems to be thinking as though like you know. Um, I remember when Liverpool lost Van Dyke uh, a few seasons ago for the, on that long injury, and they had like a couple of defenders missing. They lost like a 13-point lead, if I remember correctly, and like they lost it to Man City. And so at that time, nobody really said anything much. But like you know, but I think uh, the fact that we have do not have like a deep squad, uh, and the fact that I think and I think to be honest with you, the drop of form a lot of it has to do with the fact that. Um, Earlier, we used to lo- we, we still lose the ball all the time. It's just that we used to lose the ball in the final third. Uh, and so we had more time to, I think, like catch up to it. Uh, but like with Saliba gone, it was so often I've seen like party come come down all the way to the to the pen- our penalty box to collect the ball because nobody else was really into that pr- progressing the ball from the front. And then so um, it, when party came down, Jesus comes down, Odegaard comes down, everybody comes down, and so our lie back line becomes so behind that their press became more effective than ours. Uh, so, uh, and that's why I think lot, lot if you see a lot of the balls we lost was like in the in the middle of the pitch, 
uh, Odegaard's two misses, Pardee's loss, Trossard's loss, and and I think Gabriel Jesus. Somebody needs to talk to him, like to stay where he is. Like I, he sometimes I feel like he thinks he's messy. Like comes all the way back, picks up the ball, and starts running. And I'm like, dude, mm. like sometimes you're better the like like to playing the one twos in the like final third and maybe help out there. But coming back to the transfers, I'm just like um, the one concerning factor I do have with Edu is the fact that um, I, I don't know if you remember, like back in the day, like uh, Wenger used to have this problem where like he would not deal with like uh, super agents uh, by saying that like oh they are just like there to get money. Like I remember Kante deal which went down because of that something like they needed like some extra five million or something to the agent fee. So we said no, uh, and look where that <laughs> that has gotten us. But like. But at the same, and uh, and later I remember Arsene Wenger and Ian Wright I think had like this um, conversation in which he was saying that apparently Kante was brought to Arsene Wenger in, like by his coach like multiple times, but that he wasn't yeah. sure whether such a small guy can actually uh, yeah, catch up with the Premier League or something because of uh, because of that. And I'm like, I mean, those things we cannot predict, right? Like that, that's fine. But what I'm trying to say is that um, Edu in a last year one in an interview said that like you know if you um, what is it? I want players who come there because they want to be at Arsenal and not for the money. And there was some some player that he was like alluding to where they said that, oh, like uh, it felt as though like the, they are there only for the money and nothing else. So we don't want characters like that in our club. Um, the sad part about football right now is that a lot of thing has to do with money, right? Um, and I, I get it like you cannot like just like randomly just go around and throw in cash however you feel like uh, and like that's where man city is right now right so the prob the problem with that again is that i think now if for example if caicedo comes through right if chelsea and arsenal get into a bidding war i have less hope that we will win it uh because i feel like like especially the ends of fernandez deal is a perfect example like they like benfica just stood out and they said like i'm not selling it and then they're like ready to cash out whatever money they wanted and Mihailo Modric I really don't I don't even think he's I think he's like maybe worth 45 50 million in a real good really good market nothing more than that and fine like so it's it's a lot of uh, thing and I think Edu needs a big win I I feel like this season uh, this transfer window especially um but more than anything I feel like we need Gehi to be honest with you um I don't know how you feel about that because uh, yeah, I, I, I like him. Uh, for me, I, I think that I look at the right fullback position more than the right centre-back position, just because I think that Ben White can bring the cover that we need in that right centre-back role. I think that in that Nottingham Forest game, Ben White is one of the few players that kind of really, you know, could hold with the progression with how he played in that right centre-back role, and it kind of harks back to... To yeah. what we saw in I the previous, why they did not play Ben White in the center mid, like center half, and like they tried to play somebody else in the former back yeah. three or something. Because last season, Ben White was playing that ball playing defender kind of like a role, uh, so he could have done well there. But like I don't know. And the other thing is like I think with Arteta, I think I'm 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 starting to wonder like if he's gonna get fired at the end of the next season, because the problem is with him. I feel like mainly I think everyone discussed about this is in-game management. This like like needs a lot of improvement. And uh, in sometimes I just feel like he's just like obstinate, right? You know, like with the he has like a specific system he wants to play, and irrespective of what the player's strengths or weaknesses are, he would still like put that player in the same position. And the perfect example is Tierney. Uh, whereas, like, I could you could actually have like it's just like how 
Ben White was bombing out from the right side. You could have had Tierney bomb off in the left side and then have like Ben White cut in back back to form the back three. But he just didn't do that. Like, you know, and uh, again, we don't know much. I, at least I don't know much about like, you know, coaching football and all that stuff. Maybe he had some reasons to do that. But many a times it feels like he's just like, you know, throwing like throwing things on the wall and see if it sticks uh, sometimes. And the perf- one of the perfect example was at Manchester United away game where I think uh, we were 1-1. And there was no reason to change anything. Uh, it was two one at the time. Yeah, we oh, made those three subs. Yeah. Okay, okay, sorry, but 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 I think like we were playing well at that time. Like we, we we did not have the position of the ball. What when we did, we were doing okay. But there was no reason for like three major attacking changes at that point of time, um, yeah. especially because like we were playing such a high line, right? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Like so with Arteta, I feel like he needs those players that he is asking for right now. And if he doesn't get it, I think it might be another season where we just make the, the Champions League. Not, not that it's nothing bad or anything. It's just that I think that's not the... I think it's time that we change our expectations. Because now that, uh, especially after Kroenke came in, uh, full ownership in 2018, uh, they've been investing a lot of money. And it's not the old KSC. So I think we need to put the standards up with that respect as well. Um, but... But I think, yeah, I think one of the main things has happened is like, I've never, like I've been, I just went to uh, Emirates this uh, few months, last month. I was there for the Champions League, Women's Champions League semi-final was amazing. We was like unlucky to like get out. And then the Leeds game. But I've never seen, I mean, I've never had say, like seen like Emirates like roaring like that. And I think the fan connection is something that's, I have to like give it up to the club to actually do, do so much stuff to actually kind of get back with the cl- with the fans and like, do everything possible to get their attention back. So, yeah, I just hope like Edu. I, I desperately feel like Edu needs a win. That's just it. Like from Edu's perspective as an ex-invincible, and like I don't want his uh, like you know reputation to be tarnished uh, with this sporting directors thing. And I think Rice should be a done deal for sure. Has to be. Uh, I don't know. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, Caicedo. The reason why I'm just talking about the right back situation is because I think. When Caicedo played in Brighton against Brighton against us, I think he was playing that right back right. amazingly. Like, and he was like inverting into that center half position as well. And I think that's what maybe Arteta is looking at in the sense that, like, he can do that. So then maybe we can just look at the left. But yeah, I think the main thing is like, like, like you said, I think uh, Brandon and you were alluding to earlier. Like, I don't think we should say that oh, we don't have enough money. Uh, because I, I was just checking out that the list of people who we have to get like offload. And it's close to 120 million that we can make off just like by selling most of it at like at a conservative rate. And I think that plus like Gehi, Rice Caicedo and Gehi may be like a 210. And then I think we need a prolific striker, to be honest with you, because I'm not sure. This year we had like a spread out of like goals from a lot of places. But what if one person does not give us that? Like, for example, now Shaka has gone like seven, that was seven, 14 goals and assists in there. So if Rice is not able to adapt and give us a seven goals and assists, it has to come from somewhere else. Uh, whereas if you have at least like a 20 goal plus kind of a striker, I think it should be good. And I, honestly speaking, I would sell both Nketiah and Balogun and then put a buyback loss in their uh, contracts while selling. And I think it's, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's uh, people are unfair towards Nketiah because whenever games that is where he has started, he has actually scored most of them. Uh, but he has not given, gotten a chance. And Arsenal is not a place where you can get that kind of like an opportunity I, I understand that like you know but i have again nkt is not the reason why we lost the league this year because when jesus had the injury 
he came in and it was the same point difference that was there when Jesus left and when he came back. So I think, and he had some really great goals like the Manchester United goal and the final minute and like few really good goals. And even the West Ham one was like, like Ian Wrighty, man, like that was so good. Uh, where he like turned the defender, it was like so good. But but yeah, I think both of them I would sell if I if I if I could get an Oshiman by selling both of them, like you know. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. But... Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know yeah, but I'm hoping like Manchester United yeah, takes. Yeah. I'm just hoping Manchester United takes gain away from Spurs because that they deserve. Yeah, that. me too. I'd <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd love to that to happen. You know, I don't really want Man United getting a striker at the level of Kane, but if they're gonna buy him, it's gonna be a hundred odd million quid for a you know nearing thirty year old forward. So. It's it's only on the downslope, you'd think, from there. But we'll have to wait and see. Vijay, thank you so much for jumping on and, and, and saying all your thoughts. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I don't disagree with, with really anything. I, I think that, you know, when it comes down to what we need to do, the, the tactical side of things, what I would say is that Arteta is a, is a freak, as, as Xhaka puts it in a good way regarding coaching. If he does something, he's not doing it for the sake of it. He's doing it because they've thought meticulously about it, so much so that it makes us think that they've not thought about it just because they've thought about it so much. It's kind of a weird backwards universe, if you like. But, yeah, I, I think there is so much to be taken from this season that we've seen that should give us encouragement, but also it's given us opportunities to know what we need, and I think that you've identified a lot of that. But, Vijay, yeah, thank you so much. I have to leave you with one question that you can answer mm. after the call. It's just like uh, about your uh, like, what is your opinion about the mentality situation? Because uh, I feel like West Ham, the penalty goal that Saka missed, uh, mm. and I, I'm not blaming him. It's he's super young. He needs to grow, adapt to this uh, kind of like pressure. But at the same time, it was very giving that most of the time, like last two, the see, last time he missed a penalty was like the the Euro final. And the next time he missed the final was like the missed penalty was now this. But Salah missed two penalties too this season. But I'm not like exclusively saying that. But uh, the mentality of the people has to like get up. I feel like a lot, um, especially like uh, see. And I think Odegaard needs to be considered to be a senior player now. And then you just need to like accept him to like lead from the front, like you know, uh, be the Kevin De Bruyne that uh, we need. Like you know, that's it. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think there is something to be said about the mentality after we lost some key players. And I think, to be honest, that will probably be addressed, addressed ironically with transfers, you know, in the summer and bringing in the depth and the, the competition. That's going to add, you know, mental toughness in itself. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, hope that, I hope that answers your question. Thanks, mate, for All jumping right. on. Thank you so it. much. Have a good day. Bye. You too, mate. Have a good one. Uh, let's bring in Vegas Gunner uh, to the conversation. Hello, mate. So I, I didn't mean to surprise you by jumping you on. <laughs> How are you doing? You good? I'm all right. How are you, Tom? Yeah, very good. Where are you joining me from, my friend? Vegas. Vegas, I'm of just, course. I, just I, usually, I, 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 I only you. catch you on the weekends because, you know, I work during the week. So usually if I'm up Friday or Saturday night, I, I try to catch you. So. Well, I appreciate that, man. I really do. A lot of our foreign listeners who would tune in at ridiculous o'clock to tune in live but get caught up anyway, I really do appreciate it. Tell me where your, your head's at. You've obviously been listening very patiently. I appreciate that onto what people have been saying. Tell me where your head's at. For the most part, I think Edu's inexperience, and this is only my opinion, is holding Arteta back. Just, I think we move slow in the market because of mistakes these past couple years that have tied up money that maybe if we had a little more we could have got a couple of deals over line over the line like um in in Kedia letting his contract run down and then signing them on for a hundred grand a week I mean there's a lot of people that want to sell them but who's gonna take on that wage Tom I'm just curious 
Uh, no, I think it's a fair question. What I would say is that I think the hundred grand a week thing is being a bit overblown for a lot of people. But look, let me give you an example. Stuart Armstrong, Southampton striker, signed, I think, from potentially from the championship when they bought him. Um, do you want to guess how much he's on as a centre forward? Tell me. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's on close to £70,000 a week. Um, mm. And I'd say that Eddie Nketiah is a more proven Premier League goal scorer than him. Um, there are other strikers that play lower down the table that are on upwards of 50, getting close to 100 k. I think that the perception of that six-figure weekly sum, you know, if it was like 90000 maybe we wouldn't talk about it as much. Um, but because it's 100000 I think that that puts extra emphasis on it. I see what you're saying. Um, and I think that Reese Nelson might get put on a, a contract that's not maybe not as close to Nketi, but probably around the six to £70,000 per week mark as well, which, you know, for a 23, 24-year-old playing for Arsenal, that's not wildly, you know, out of this world, to be honest, in, the, in 2023. The, the contract thing, I think, you know, under Edu... We've signed Gabriel, Aaron Ramsdale, Bakayo Saka twice, Gabriel Martinelli twice to brand new contracts. I, I think we've done pretty well with contracts. You know, Balogun, we thought he was going to leave with days left, got him on a brand new contract. And Ketia, as you say, yep, was going to leave. Potentially, we can make 20 odd million quid plus on him because we signed him up to a new deal. Is, do you think maybe there's a misconception around the contract? Yeah, I think we, we overpaid him because. His contract ran, ran down. Same with Reese. Mm. And like Vieira, $34 million for an injured player. You, I just think we overpaid for him too. And mm. that money could have been spent to maybe get these deals over the line that we see that don't get done and we kind of missed the mark by a few inches. I just think these little things like letting Leno go for such a small amount, Mari, um, another loss, that's why I think it's taken so long for these other deals to get done because I feel like the Cronkies are more of you need to move some people out before we let you go for this guy or that guy. I, I just don't think the squad is going to be huge and they probably need to move people before we do something. So Rice may be the only one for a while. That's just my thought for, for a few weeks, even if we get it done. Yeah, I think the player sales thing is absolutely fair. You know, and I've said that on the channel, and, you know, listening to the channel, I think that, that we need to raise the expectation when it comes to how we sell players. I think a lot of it has in part been to do with the fact that the players we've let go of have not been good enough, you know, and, you know, the previous players that Edu inherited that we've had to move on haven't been good enough. But players like Marie that was signed under Edu, Lakonga, Tavares was signed, and we're probably going to make a loss on Lakonga. We're probably, if we were to sell Vieira, would make a loss on Vieira. Tavares we should be able to make a profit on because we only sold, we only bought him for like seven odd million quid. Um, but I think that this summer will be a real litmus test for Edu in terms of the sales, uh, in terms of how much you would tell me about the Cedric deal. I'm I'm baffled by Cedric. Four years. <laughs> That's and, actually and more. I, I, I don't think he's like the greatest player, but we loaned him out, and guess what happens a, a, a couple months after we loan him out? You can't. I mean, that's him. who gets hurt. Yeah. Oh, I see what you. Oh, I see what you're getting to. So the Cedric. Yeah. Do you think we should have kept Cedric? Uh, I don't. What do we gain? Uh, three million, two million by loaning him out. I don't. I, I honestly, I don't really know the finances. What we got from that? From that, I, I, I reckon. I don't even know if we would have got any money from the the loan deal, other than the, the fact that they would have taken on his wage. Um, 
I've, I've, you're not the only person that said to me that we shouldn't have loaned Cedric. In a similar way, why we loaned Kalasanach that season when Tierney then got injured. I didn't, you know. Right, him too. I remember that same deal. And mm. I'm just wondering, would we need to loan Cedric or Kalasanach out if we didn't make other mistakes where we needed mm. to recoup some money? That's all I'm trying to say. With, with, with all the respect in the world to Kalasanach and Cedric, they're not good enough for Arsenal. Um, Agreed. That they're not they're not of the level for to be starting for Arsenal in the Premier League. And, and you know, and frankly, if it was if it was me and I had the choice of starting Cedric at right back and Partey uh, at CDM or Partey at right back and Jorginho at CDM, I'd start Partey at right back because I just don't trust Cedric at all. So. The reason why I'm not, whilst I, the reason why I said I, that I gave the the point credits because I know you're not the only person that's asking the question. But from my perspective, I, I I haven't really got any criticism of the Cedric loan because I think maybe we forget quite quickly how not that great he is. <laughs> you yeah, know, he, he shouldn't even way. be here in the first place. No, he shouldn't. So. And we should have got rid of him a long time ago. And I think that the things that we did at the start of Arteta and Edu's tenure worse than mistakes you think edu you think uh, sorry you think cedric you think marie you think willian you know we run us and we made some mistakes at the beginning you know in terms of players that we brought in and i think that the longer that the arteta and edu have been at the club the less and less mistakes we've made and actually the more hits that we've begun to have in the market you know you think about the deals that arsenal have done in the last two years representative to the first one and a half of their tenure you know think about what we've done with ramsdale great signing Erdogan, great signing white great signing um you think about jesus you know if he was fit for the full season i'd have been interested to see how many goals he would have scored we talk about the fact that he can't mm. score as much but mm-hmm. he got 11 premier league goals and missed a third of the season so i'm curious to see if he'd have managed to get close to 18 goals if he was here for those other 12 games and if we'd have seen uh and also zinchenko you know coming in and seeing what he right. could do. but not only that but the improvement of existing players like gabriel who was obviously signed under arteta and edu as well uh, the improvement of Saka, of Gabriel Martinelli, of players we've signed like Odegaard as well. The the fact that we integrated Saliba into the team, and that didn't mean that we were talking about White or, or White or Saliba. We were talking about the fact that they've turned White into one of the best right backs in the league. You know, and and all of those things give me confidence. Actually, no, these guys are making some really, really good decisions, but they're not perfect. And I think you referenced Fabio Vieira. And that's an example of them not being perfect. What I would say is that when I speak to people about who they'd like to see signed this summer, I have people throw names at me from loads of different clubs. And to be honest, I feel as though if people had looked at Fabio Vieira's record at Porto the season before we bought him, they probably would have been saying someone like Fabio Vieira's name as well, because the numbers that he was producing for Porto... I think we bought the wrong guy from Porto. Uh, The guy that went to PSG is a little Uh, better than Vieira, I think. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So he's a very good player. Yeah, I agree. I probably we would have been better. Around the same money too. Do you know how much he signed for? Uh, after uh, yeah, top actually, of my... this, he signed for thirty-four million pounds. <laughs> so the exact same price as uh, as uh, as Fabio Vieira. So yeah, we probably signed the wrong guy from Porto. Um, so me personally, that's why I'm not that confident in Edu, but cautiously optimistic, I guess. But, yeah, do you think we've signed? Do you think we've got more hits than misses under Edu and Arteta? If you add in the early stuff, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's fifty-fifty. I mean, what happened to William? He's here, and then all of a sudden he goes to Brazil, mm. and then comes back to Fulham. 
what was that all about? I just let's weird uh, things let's to me. You know? I'm going to play this game with you, Vegas Gunner. What, can I call okay. you by your proper name? I feel weird calling you Vegas Gunner. <laughs> uh, Joe. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Joe, right, Joe. Let's play this game. Okay. Gabriel Jesus, hit or miss? Hit. Uh, Fabio Vieira. Miss. You can play a long chat box. Uh, Alexander Zinchenko. Hit. Uh, Jakob Kivior. Shall we say jury's out? Shall we put jury's Question out? Mark. Question yeah. mark. Yeah, jury's out for Kivior. Trossard. Hit. Jorginho. Mm. Question mark for me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Matt Turner. Another question mark. Okay. Marquinhos. Miss. Miss. I'd agree. Uh, ben White. Hit. Odegaard. Hit. Ramsdale. Hit. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about that for too long. <laughs> Tobiasu. Question mark. Oh, why question mark? Tell me. Always hurt. Right, but the, you don't sign a player and then they obviously get injured. I think that what we had from that first season of Tomiyasu was really solid. You know, yes, he had a couple of injuries, but, you know, he came in this season and played left back against Liverpool and shut out Nunez and, and Salah. I'd what leaned... about the back pass against City, though? Yeah, all right, fair enough. Jury's out. Jury's out. I'll let you have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as Laconga. That's a miss, but okay. I'm okay with throwing a $17 million dart, you know, on a unhealthy okay. guy. That's mm. what I, Vieira was double the price and he was injured. I, I didn't get that one at all. Now he may end up good or okay for the club, but I, I'm really astonished by that. I, I don't, I don't get that one. Um, Let's go. I've lost my slide. There it is. Uh, Tavares. Oh, so we put in. Are we put, we're putting miss on Lokonga. Yeah, we agreed that. Yeah. Um, Tavares. Miss. Got to be a miss. Uh, and Austin trusted. We don't know anything about. So jury's right. out on him. Uh, Thomas Partey. Hit. Uh, Gabriel Magalhaes. Hit. Pablo Marie. Miss. Uh, Cedric. Miss. Runnison. Miss. Willian. Miss. Okay. And that is everything. Where do you Wasn't think... David Luiz here too? Or was no, that before? He, we renewed his contract under Arteta. Um... Then that's a miss. <laughs> See? <laughs> okay. So, right. If you're going to play that I game, said it was 50-50. I didn't say either way. I said 50-50. With me, okay. So if we're gonna play, if we're gonna play contracts, then I'm just gonna put Saka, Martinelli, Gabriel, Odegaard. You know these guys. That, not Odegaard, but you know I'm just gonna put all them down in the hits. Is that fair? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So if if we're gonna put contracts in there as well, I think we're gonna put Inketia as a miss. Uh, Tierney, I'd say, you know, we've maintained his value. I'd still put him as a hit, even though we renewed his. Contract. Yeah, but doesn't he have a sell-on cause with uh, Celtic? Don't Does we he? owe them like 20%? That's, I heard play, that. I don't know if it's true, but. Oh, I didn't know that. That's an intro. I'm going to write that down. Tierney sell-on clause. Didn't know. Mari supposedly has one too to Flamengo. Yeah, he definitely does. Um, so, yeah, we won't get the full of, of that as well. Um, but I, I think when you look at the amount of hits and misses and juries out, 
what's interesting about the hits is that they're all uh, the, the adding up to the investment of those players is significantly higher than the misses. So when we looked at those misses and we looked at Willian and Cedric and Runnison and Marie, uh, if we look at some of the others, uh, Tavares, Laconga, um, Matt Turner, Marquinhos, these are all players that cost us like next to nothing. But the investments, the, the real investments that we made other than Vieira, when you think about that and you go Jesus, Zinchenko, Ben White, Odegaard, Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, we were here and there on, Partey, Gabriel, all the players that we invested proper money in, we've got hits on. And I right. think that when so you... So let, yeah. let me ask you this real quick. So, and this is just speculation on, on my part because we don't know the ins and outs, but Mudrick, I guess, went for 65 million pounds and we came up short on the bid because we didn't want to go higher. But at the same time, we gave the Brazilian team $3 million for Marquinhos, like when we didn't have to. Like those are the things that I'm talking about where we missed by inches, but because of what? I don't think we missed by inches. I don't think that the three million we put on Marquinhos meant we couldn't get Mudrick. The three million that we Euros we put into Sao Paulo was that we could have exploited something. We could have exploited the the fact that his contract was at a certain point and really annoyed Sao Paulo. But instead, what we did was we agreed a market value for what he was worth based upon the contract length okay. left, paid that, and then maintained a relationship with a club that have produced the likes of Casemiro, David Neres. Um, there's a couple of others that usually come to mind as well. Uh, Anthony, um, you know, players that have really mm-hmm. made huge amounts of money. So we maintain that good relationship with that club. And if we ever go back, you know, we're not going to struggle to to negotiate, you'd hope. So I don't, it's never going to be about, oh, if we only had three million more, we could have got Mudrick, you know. So, yeah. But I think we've comprehensively kind of covered the squad. And I just think the point to come from that is that when Arsenal have invested money, you know, really invested money, We've mainly got hits, you know, barring yeah. Vieira. Do you know? What I, do you think we can agree on that? Yeah, pretty much. But now you know why I'm I'm hesitant on the thing. Uh, and that's fair. Yeah, and, but I think that sometimes got- that's why I leave comments like, you know, what's up with this guy? But, <laughs> and that's I just fair. feel we have Arteta's talented. He's still a young manager, and I think it hurts us that we have a young manager and a young director, both. So. Mm. It's kind of like a learning curve. I think that when we go into this summer, we're going to be looking to spend big money. You know, whoever we bring in, we're going to be looking to invest some serious money. And I take confidence from what we did in those previous deals that we spent big money on to tell me that when we spend big money, 90% of the time we're doing the good thing. Can we agree there? Yeah, we can agree. Smashing. Thank you for coming on the show, mate. I really appreciate that, All right, Joe. All right, my man. Have a good day. Fantastic rest of your day. Okay. Enjoy it. All right. See you later. You too. Lovely stuff. Uh, that was Joe, uh, a.k.a. Vegas Gunner. Uh, really appreciate him jumping on the show and giving us his time. It's always good to see so many of you joining us in the chat box. I've got a good friend of mine, Dan Morphy. Thank you so much for joining me and always appreciate your kind following of the channel. Uh, Dino, uh, let's bring you into the conversation, my friend. How are we? Very well, thank you, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, my friend. Thank, first of all, thank you for being so patient. I really appreciate you just waiting around uh, yeah. and listening in patiently. Um, tell me where your head's at. Tom, I come from an era where I remember seeing Van Persie score that wonder volley against Dortmund. And I was celebrating like mad and thinking, that player isn't going to be with us next season. So if I look yeah. at the way 
approaching the summer this year, I'm really happy that we're in a position to set to, when West Ham season ends, be going after one of the top players in Europe right now in his position. I think that is sort of what we've been told for the last few years, but trust the process uh, is definitely where I'm at because I've seen enough from Arsenal, even in January, um, to say that, you know what, there is a plan in place and we are working towards a clear end goal. Um, on January as well, I know there's a lot of talk about certain, you know, us missing out on key targets, but I would say that that's a normal part of football. And I was impressed at how we went from uh, missing out on uh, the, we went for Diaby, I think, initially. We missed out on him. Then we ended up with uh, with Trossard and Jorginho. I think both players performed really well. And the sort of the drop off in performance was nothing to do with transfers. It was more to do with just the, the context of a long season, maybe a World Cup year as well. So with regards to Edu, I'm in a good place with him. I think he's done really well. We've built a good squad within the range of sort of 20 million to 55 million. And I think that, you know, we've seen enough as Arsenal fans collectively to say we're working towards big things and the team is progressing. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Uh, I think we're moving in the right direction, as you've summed up. Uh, when you said Van Persie won the goal, I was thinking he's going to say Charlton. He's going to talk about the Charlton goal. But then you said Dortmund. I was like, that was a proper left field, <laughs> left field pick. Um, but yeah, no, great strike. I think when, what do you make of Ken kind of the anger? Because, you know, there are people, you know, not just in the chat box, but obviously out in the social media. And you've heard, you know, Brandon coming on today. You've you've heard Joe as well just a second ago talking about their concerns. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that? I mean, I would place the concern, I would say our main challenge for this season is to come back and repeat what we've achieved this year. So for me, my outlook for this summer is we need to lay a foundation to say, OK, um, we can build from now and actually compete at this level. So for me, where I'm at in terms of anger, it's more like, OK, I trust the process. But I think, honestly, after a good summer this year, when we add to the squad, we will learn a lot more about certain players in the team after a season in the Champions League. I watched Zinchenko once before he joined Arsenal. And I remember Timo Werner turning him inside out in the Champions League game. Um, Gabi Jesus as well. You know, he was sold. Maybe I don't really watch City, but maybe because he didn't compete at the level uh, that the Champions League would require. So for me... Um, I'm not necessarily concerned about it, but I am watching it with a with an interest because I think we'll learn more about the squad and the players that we've invested in to get to that next stage in this coming season. I think that this summer is is really about focusing on what specific areas we can tweak the squad to start to say, right, let's get to that level and stay there. And the season after, I can see us really building and mounting proper title challenges or even further. Ooh. Are you looking at this summer? I mean, let me change the question, actually, because obviously I think you align quite a lot with with my thinking on things, would be fair to say. Um, where I'm going to have my concern is if we don't land the priorities. You know, I've said on the show before, if we don't get either of Rice or Caicedo, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to feel great, you know, about where we're at in the window. If we are unsuccessful in getting one or the other of those two, where's your head going to be with, with the club and Edu and, and things like that? I think I'd be disappointed naturally like every other fan. I think Rice is a deal that we, we need to do. We probably needed him last season. Um, if we weren't to get both, I'd say, OK, fair enough. One thing I will say is that I think that something that may not be considered enough is that the squad 
collectively have been exposed to the level. And I think that it was a really good time to be exposed to what City are capable of because whilst, you know, Newcastle are building like a bear with a sore bum, I can hear the uh, sort of kettle going from the red side of Manchester. The teams are getting better around us, but I do feel that our young team will get better every single year. So I hope that answers your question in that way. I think one, either Rice or Kaiseido would be enough for now. Um, and then we'll see where we're at next season. Who are your dream five signings for the summer? Five signings. I'd go Rice. I'd say another centre-back, perhaps. I couldn't put a name on it. Um, I would say maybe a right-sided midfielder and a right-back. Um, I couldn't really tell. think of names. Uh, <laughs> Don't blame you. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, I think mainly that's that's what I would be happy with. I think, you know, a key to area target in midfield is the main priority for Arsenal, I think. And um, maybe a right winger to take pressure off Saka. Yeah, I think the right winger thing is interesting. As I was talking to Brandon earlier, I think the idea that you bring in someone that can compete with Bakaya Saka is going to cost you a superior amount of money, you know. And when we've got the the priorities in midfield and defence, you know, we conceded 42 goals last season. It's not good enough. You know, we need to concede less goals. So you need to address that. We conceded our record most, I think, goals in the Premier League with 88 last season. And that's great, you know. But can we score more? Should we aim to score more? Absolutely. So if we can improve the forward line, I would. And I look more towards a centre forward than a wing because Reese Nelson looks like he's staying. But yeah, I'd love to bring in a competitor to Saka, but I'm just not sure it's going to be feasible. But Dino, thank you so much for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries at all. Thanks a lot, Tom. Pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening and uh, have a great day. Awesome. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Much appreciate, Dino. We've got time for one more caller as well. And uh, he sat the most patiently of them all. It's Elliot. How are you doing, Elliot? Are you good? You well? I'm well, sir. How are you? How is everybody doing? And uh, Great to speak to you again, Tom. Uh, this is is this your long, longest lunch break ever that you've had to wait on? For a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, tell me where your head's at. You've obviously been able to listen to everything that's been said by everyone on the channel. You've heard concerns. Um, you've heard uh, frustrations. You've heard optimism as well, like Dino just now. Yep. Where's your head at? Uh, this is, uh, I'm definitely on the cautious side this year. I think this is the season, this is the summer where Adu and the Cronkies will be, have their greatest examination. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's simply put, things are in Arsenal's favor. We are the new bright young things in Europe. And, you know, everybody wants to come to Arsenal. It is up to Arsenal to do their business in a uh, cold yet calculating way. We need to be ruthless. We need to be, um, you know, you know, forthright in terms of our transfers and forthright in terms of our uh, outgoings. Uh, we can't be held back. Uh, we're, we're not held by held back by any constraints. And it's up to the Cronies to see if they want to invest in this squad or not. It's as simple as that. And you know, uh, you know, with Champions League money and with the with. Uh, things going our way. It is time for, uh, you know, for <laughs> Arsenal, Adu, and Cronkies in particular to show and prove. They have to uh, give us value for money. We need a 200 million pounds transfer window. We need to sell well. Everything comes down to this because, you know, uh, listen, Liverpool's already loading up. Chelsea are, are on the outskirts uh, lurking and, and, and looking at, uh, at our signings. And we need to get it right. We need to get it right this year. There's, there's no doubt about that. 
And, you know, I, you know, I will be looking at Adu and I'll be looking at the Cron case to see how and how much they indeed, uh, number one, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, they are in terms of being a technical director in terms of Adu's position and also how much the Cronkies are willing to invest in this squad. Because, listen, there are other clubs. The Denver Nuggets are doing bang up business. They're, they're probably going to win the NBA championship. The L.A. Rams have already won the Super Bowl. They're, the Colorado Avalanche have already won uh, the Stanley Cup. These got listen. The Cronkies are in a very valuable position. The Cronkies uh, team won as well, didn't they? Hmm? Yes. What's they that? Have a lacrosse team that won. Yeah, they're there. a lacrosse team won as well. They are in a very, very rich vein of form with all of their sports teams. It is time for Arsenal to get their just due. We have been, as I was saying to Curtis Shaw recently, we are the side piece. We are the. We are the. You know the we are the after uh, we are the uh, after after dinner menu. We are we are the. I know. find that mad though. I feel like when I don't know I don't know Ooh. why we would think that we spent more than the clubs ever spent in a season last. We season. understand that. We understand that. But let's 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 take a look at let's take a look at the other the other teams the Cronkies have. Mm. Number one, Nikolai Jokic is the best player in the world. And he plays for the Denga Nuggets, a Stan Kroenke uh, owned team. Uh, we have the LA Rams, which which won the Super Bowl with uh, one of the best defensive linemen. I forget his name in uh, in in the in NFL history. That is a Stan Kroenke owned team. If he wants to spend, he can spend. He spent not only on the stadium, he spent on the infrastructure, the transport system leading to the stadium, and also he's re, uh, redoing uh, Mal uh, Malibu for the World Cup. This just in. So the man has money. And he's already gone up another $2 billion in terms of his worth. This man has money. It's up to him if he wants to spend on this club, which is his legacy club. Arsenal Football Club is are the oldest club he owns, quite simply. And it is the club that to which he can bring to investors and say, hey, I have Arsenal Football Club. This is one of the oldest teams in, uh, in, in world football. Uh, you know, invest in me and, I, and I'll be able to, uh, to do things for your club. He is... He now needs to turn back to Arsenal. He has spent before. We have. I'll give him that. But this is a year where he has no excuses. We're in the Champions League. It's not as if we're in the UEFA Cup or we're out of Europe and he has nothing uh, And he has nothing for which to, uh, he can stand on. He has something to stand on now. And now we have to look at Adu. Adu can't get the big signings done. Let's face facts. He hasn't done it. You and, I, and you have self-confessed that yourself, Tom. And it is time for Adu to get in a Rice or Kaiseido or both. I say he needs to get in both, quite simply, in order to make his uh, to make his claim, to stake his claim as being a man worthy of being a technical director with this club. It is it, it, it's examination season, and uh, those two are are the are the two examinees. To be fair, and uh, we need to see results. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, the, the whole big Adu can't. When did I say that he can't get the big signings done? I believe you You sent, I mean, I believe you said it a couple of shows. It was on on one of your, well, on one of your ADM shows. I believe it was in response to one of the questions from 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 uh, from uh, the audience that you had there. But right. uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I think I think I would have said something on the lines of he has got a track record at the moment of us not getting the priority targets, yes. you know. And I think that whilst... He absolutely has got that record of and hanging over him that Mudrick, Caicedo last January, you know, Rafinha, Lissandro Martinez, you know, these players we didn't get. However, what I would say is that our priority centre back in 2021 was Ben White, and we got him. Our priority attacking midfielder that summer was Odegaard, we got him. 
Our priority goalkeeper that window was Ramsdale. We got him. You know, our priority centre-back and central midfielders in 2020 were um, were Partey and, and Gabriel. We got them. Last summer, right. our priority striker was Jesus. We got him. Right. You know, we do get our priorities. We don't get all of them. And, we, you know, with respect, nobody does. No one gets every single priority. You know, even right. Chelsea, even Man United, even Real Madrid, you know, don't always get their priority. Sometimes they don't. And True. Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, less so than others. But Arsenal are getting back to that level where that number of ones that we miss out on comes down. So this summer, we may not get Rice and Caicedo. For me, we have to get one. Have to, have to get one of those two. Because if we don't get either of those two in a summer that we have just got top two, we've got back into the Champions League, Chelsea are out of the Champions League, Liverpool are out of the Champions League, and they're the two teams that are going for us for Caicedo. We've got to beat them to it. You know, We've got to try and beat them to Caicedo. We've got to try and get ahead in terms of the Rice race because of how much we put in. You know, You can't waste that season. What and also, you know, on the whole, like I, I still don't necessarily buy the cronky side of things. You know, yes, they've got some of the best players in the world at their things, but Martin Odegaard just equaled the record for non-penalty goals scored by a midfielder. He's our player. Cronky bought him. You know, William Saliba is the best young centre back in the world. Cronky bought him. You know, so there is part of me that thinks we are signing those high profile players. We're turning them into those high profile players. The next step for us is signing up the high profile players that already are high profile, like Rice, like Caicedo are this summer, you know, get one of those two in and it's a big, big boost, a big, big boost. And that's, you know, I'll bring up this comment from Azat as well. And we'll finish on this, Elliot. Azat says, Tom, stop defending the club. Being positively minded is one thing, but Arsenal is slow. We have to admit, we need to show that we can sign our targets. Now, we are, Elliot, in June 5th, 10 days before the window opens, with the season not finished, <laughs> because we've still got two games left of the season. Again, I'm not examining them now. I'm not examining them now. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, I know. I respect windows. that. Yeah. I, I, it's just, when it comes to the whole we're slow you know, we signed Jesus before before our first friendly, you know, last season. Our main priority in the window was brought in before we played a, a single bit of football in pre-season. And this summer, after the Conference League final, the indications are is that we're putting in a 90-plus million pound bid for Rice. That's the indication. That's the information that we have. I don't get the sense that Arsenal are being slow this window so far. Do you? Well, I don't think they can afford to be. Uh, lo and be, lo and behold, you see Bayern Munich trying to go after a rice. You see, uh, you, you see, you know Liverpool and and also Chelsea going after a rice. They're being pushed into action, quite simply. And getting back to your point about our prior signings of you know of Odegaard, of Jesus, of of Ben White. I mean, there wasn't much competition for these guys. It was pretty much a a, a straight shoot in, in towards getting these guys. There was pretty much you know a, a wink and a nod sort of deal. But it was an easier deal to deal with than the Rice and Caicedos of the world. This is where. That's why I'm saying this is where their metal will be tested. Now, again, I don't say Arsenal is too slow because, again, you know, as soon as as soon as as soon as the uh, uh, Europa League uh, conference final is done, it's pretty much game on in terms of Declan Rice. And, you know, and, you know, the, the, the competitors are circling and, you know, we have the inside we have the inside track, which is great. However, you know, we need to get the deal done. He needs, he, we need to see that, uh, you know, one is over the line and then we can get the next over the line because I think they have an eye on Kaiseido. But, you know, it, but to be fair, to see 
uh, Chelsea beat us out on Caicedo, when we have the Champions League, when we have all the advantages, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a slight on 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 Arsenal that we can't get a deal done now that we're in Champions League. They have nothing to show for it. All they can all the Chelsea can do is throw money at a situ at throw money at a problem, and it's a big problem they have over there. We need to be able to close these sort of deals. And not only that, I want you know our other targets that need that are that are out there. We need we need to see as well. But again, when you have the competition around you, when you have when 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 margins are slim, especially against these other teams that can throw a lot more money, even though we can throw the money, but we won't spend it because Arsenal have a policy that we don't spend money unless it's you know it's well warranted for it. Isn't it? <laughs> we spent more than any other team last. No, sorry, we did. We did. We did. We did. We did. We have, but we haven't spent big money. Now's the time we have to spend. Seventy-two million on Pepe and fifty million on Wyatt. Okay, well, seventy. Okay, well, well, Pepe, Pepe, we we spent big money, but that was dumb money anyway. Well, hold on, you can't have it both ways. No, we can't have it both ways. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But again, it's not. It's 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 one precedent. But we need to see more precedents uh, there, there, Tom. We have to see more precedents. This is a big club now, and big clubs have more than one president saying, "Okay, we spend seventy-two million." Well, other teams have, you know, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight players they spend more, uh, you know, uh, such uh, such money on. We need to be that club to say, "Okay, we just we just didn't spend on Pepe. We spent it on this guy and this guy and this guy." We need to see multiple examples of that. That's what a big a big club does. Real Madrid Madrid have those examples. Uh, PSG has those examples. Uh, Liverpool, even that, they have those examples. Uh, Man United well, I mean, have those examples. Been, you know, if you, if I was to ask you, what's PSG's main goal as a club? What's their main goal? To win the Champions League. Right? Have they done that? No, they haven't. Have they, how much have they spent trying to do that? Uh, near a bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a ton. You know, with you know, I nearly swore them, but a ton. A yeah, ton they spent near a billion. I would say near a billion. Yeah, I would say near yeah. a billion. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that like. It's not all about money, you know. And the thing is, it's about how you spend it. I've just said to you about Pepe, you know, we've tried spending big money. It's not always worked. And I think that what we talked about with Joe and you were listening when we were talking about the hits and the misses of players is that when we've chosen to invest and we've actually put money into players, 90% of the time it's gone well. Fabio Vieira is really the only example of a player where it's it's not really worked out. You know, Lukonga, really less money. Jury's out. We hopefully will get the money back on him. But Ramsdale, Tommy Asu. Odegaard, Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel, Partey, Tierney. You know, when we're spending money on players, you know, look, it's it's going well. It's now about spending money on an even bigger level, as we've already, and we agree on this, is that we need to now go to the, the 80, 90 millions successfully. Because that's what a team in 2023 that competes for titles has got to do. You've yeah. got to spend that amount of money on those types of players and you've got to get those deals done. And that's why, as I've said to a number of people tonight, Elliot, is that I'd love to reconvene at the end of the summer transfer window, see what the business was, see Absolutely. what we did and come back and talk about it as hopefully, fingers crossed, because that's, I know what we all want is the Arsenal to succeed. So yeah, that's probably a great way to leave it. Have you got any yeah. final thoughts? Well, again, uh, as I was saying, in order to catch Man City, you got to spend big because they spent big. They are the financial dopers of the decade quite simply, and uh, they won't be brought up on the charges. But at the end of the day, we need to catch them. In order to catch them, we need to spend money. Big dough. And if the Cronkies don't see that, and if Adu doesn't get the don't get the deals done, what are we to say? What are we? Oh, uh, how are we to resolve things? Yes, they spend money on good uh, good players. And listen, that's why we trust. I trust Arteta's eye for talent. But it's time. It's so Arteta's out of the uh, out of the picture here in terms of you know bringing in talent because he's the one who usually identifies them. 
It is the examination of the Cronkies and Adu this summer. Can they get deals done over the line with multiple uh, uh, multiple teams competing for these players? If they can do it, then hey, now we have a better squad and we're better for it come, uh, come August when the season begins. Well, I, I will be in England actually at that time. So again, nice. I, I'm looking forward to that. So, um, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to, to maybe uh, seeing you at one of the matches, but uh, well, maybe the first match. Are we at home the first match? I don't know. But anyway. we don't know yet. Oh, we don't know yet. Now. So that's what I'm saying. So I, I, I hopefully it's a, it's a home match and hopefully I can uh, uh, get down to the match and see you all there. But that is where we stand. I'm I'm withholding judgment now. We have to see what happens. But at the end of the day, if it, it, it's up to the Cronkies and they do to get the deals done. And it starts really in earnest on Wednesday after the uh, on Thursday after the Europa Conference uh, Conference League final. Indeed. Elliot, thank you so much for jumping on and giving me your time. I really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Great work All and right, continued success. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. See you later. Massive appreciation to not just Elliot, but every single caller that's jumped on today's show. I appreciate every single one of them. Um, it's the, the point of the whole channel is to invite people on the show that don't always share the same view as me because it's important that we don't surround ourselves with the same point of view, because otherwise we'll be living in an echo chamber and never, never ever evolving uh, our views on, on anything. So it's always great to do that. And I'd say 99% of the people in the chat box have been fantastic as well at appreciating and respecting the viewpoints that have come in as well. I want to do, obviously, I'm going to be doing more phone-in shows across the course of the, the transfer window. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be hectic. It's going to be mad. And it's kind of why we love it, um, is the transfer window in some ways. I really hope that we're, we're swift, we're ruthless, we're aggressive. That's what I want to see. And it certainly will give us plenty of reason. I also hope that those of you that, you know, are absolutely battering Arsenal and Edu and Arteta and the Cronkies or whoever are here, you know, at the end of the window, if we've done well, to say, you know what, Tom, fair play. You know, I was wrong. They did really, really well. Because you know that I'm going to be here at the end of the window if we've not done those things saying this isn't good enough. And you know that'll be the case. So I hope that we can all reconvene at the end of the summer transfer window all laughing and joking about the fact that we've had an amazing window. I really hope that's the case. Thank you ever so much, everybody that's listened and tuned in. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll be back as usual tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. UK time, giving you all the latest updates regarding the last 24 hours of Arsenal transfer news. Uh, thank you. Uh, I will see you again very soon. Have a fantastic day. And as always, keep following. I was going to say keep following us down the Arsenal way. That's twice I've done that in the space of a week. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.